Welcome back to the Jill Bennett Show. I'm Jody Vance sitting in. BC's public school teachers were surveyed by their union, the BC Teachers Federation, in the first annual BCTF membership survey. And bluntly, the results are stark. 81.5%, 81.5% of teachers reported experiencing direct impacts from teacher shortages and the stress that comes with that. Some of the biggest impacts reported were being unable to get student supports, loss of preparation time, not being able to take personal or even sick leave. We want to talk these numbers through with the BCTF president, Clint Johnston, who joins me on the line. Thanks for doing this, Clint. Hi, Jody. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm kind of stressed out by what I'm reading about the stress on our teachers in the public school system in British Columbia. How is it landing uh, with you? What What are you seeing happen uh, as associated with these results? Well, I think there's a few things happening at the same time. Uh, it's a good question. By the way, if you're stressed out, you're uh, you're in good company with many of my members. Um, uh, and I think the reaction is, there's a bit of relief, honestly, actually. I think a lot, a lot of teachers really see themselves and feel themselves heard in this report, um, which is always good. It's good to know that, you know, we've accurately reflected back to members, their lived experience, uh, how teachers are feeling across province. But it's not great because when you read through the report, it's got some really serious and concerning elements in it about burnout and, and overload and uh, the stress level that teachers are experiencing right now. It is really significant, uh, the feeling of, of, of recognizing those gaps in meeting students' needs and, and, and the workload compared year over year. I mean, what do you think needs to be done in order to support our teachers better? Well, thanks for the question. I, I think there's a few pieces, um, and it's certainly concerning because that's the link uh, that I'm not sure people always put together. You know, we report out about how teachers are doing, how they're feeling, but everything in that uh, is an effect on the services they can provide and, and what happens with students in their classroom. Um, I think that that's a, it's a growing concern because year over year, as you said, it's, it's increasing each year. Uh, and what it means is that the teachers not only aren't able to provide all the services they know they should, but that that year on year continues to wear on them. Um, and I can tell the public that if you think it's concerning to you when your child goes to school and may not be getting everything they can, I can guarantee that the teacher in the classroom who feels under-supported, under-resourced uh, and can't do that job, they're, they're even more concerned. And it takes resources. I mean, it's, it's the same thing over and over again. But right now, what's really impacting us is the teacher shortage. We need a solid plan, like a resource plan for how are we going to get enough teachers in the system um, that people can take the breaks they need to maintain their mental health, that they can take a sick day when they need it, that they have coverage uh, and we don't have uncertified individuals having to come in and fill those gaps um, who do their best, but they're not trained professionals. And, and we need those trained professionals in classes working with students. And Clint, we witnessed over these last few years uh, managing COVID-19, uh, you know, a global pandemic, but BC being the only jurisdiction in North America that kept s schools open um, throughout. Uh, the impacts and, and the learning that we all did as a society of where the shortfalls are. I mean, it's one thing to be in a city center and have a well-resourced public school, and it's a completely other experience. And when you get when you get further out in the smaller towns in BC, how that 
understaffing that you just referenced, you know, when you're asking for retired teachers to come back just so that there's a body there, you know, in a pandemic, mm. you can kind of say, okay, we can understand how that might happen. But now here we are trying to rebuild what has been so difficult. Um, we're seeing it in the medical sector. We're seeing the stresses on our healthcare system. We're we're looking at it in in law enforcement. We're in nurses, doctors, law enforcement, and and teachers. Yeah. What the yeah. government needs to do on all of those fronts. Um, where does it mm -hmm. land? What are you hearing from the government? Well, we're. I, I can say that we're hearing the government is finally starting to recognize. Uh, I say finally because for us, we've been talking about a shortage for a long, long time and its impact on the system. Um, but they are recognizing there's a shortage. Uh, you know, you referenced a couple of groups there, uh, nurses, particularly doctors, um, who have had really comprehensive plans put together on, on how to recruit the individuals we need to provide the services that British Columbians expect. And that's great. That's fantastic. Um, and we think it's beyond time that teachers are part of that as well, that they have a solid plan, like I said. We've seen the signs. The government is uh, beginning to pull people together. But they really need to accelerate that, uh, get that work done quickly. And, and most of all, I, you know, the thing you'll hear from me most is make sure that it's resourced because right. you talk about rural and remote, and that's absolutely, it's been a problem a long time in those areas, uh, the shortages and the impact on students and teachers. But um, when you're advertising for uncertified individuals in uh, the Fraser Valley, you know, that's not urban and rural. That's not a, a remote and rural situation. So right. uh, it's of a scale that we hope it's everywhere in the province. It's just the scale that differs. Um, and we need some action definitely from the government now. R rural, that's the word I was searching for. Um, because it's, <laughs> it, it, it varies, but it, it, mm -hmm. so drastically. And yet we're seeing the issues throughout all of British Columbia now. And some of the numbers in this survey, you know, 81.5% of teachers uh, reported experiencing direct impacts from teacher shortages in their school districts. 81.5%. That That's almost all. Yep. Yeah. And I, th I think that's really accurate. And, you know, you were referencing uh, COVID and, and how we maintained and kept schools open. And uh, we did. And I know that it was positive in a lot of ways. It did also have an impact on a lot of the people we're talking about right now, the teachers and others working in school systems. Um, and I think something that was said during COVID that I've always kept in mind is that it's going to be just as hard coming out uh, as it was going in. Yeah. And all of those students uh, who missed some school, who missed the development, who missed the socialization that goes along with that, um, they're back in those schools now. So not only are we struggling, we have a shortage, but I would suggest there's more demand to help students deal with um, some mental health issues, uh, with getting back into a groove, with catching up on some missed learning. So not only do we have an under-resourced system, um, but we have added pressure to catch up from a very, very significant event. And that needs to be recognized, needs to be addressed um, so that those students get the learning they deserve. Because just because you live in a remote part of BC, it shouldn't affect the quality of education you get. Uh, we have more than enough in our province to make sure that every child is uh, given every advantage they can through our public education system. We're with BCTF president, the BC Teachers Federation president, Clint Johnston. And Clint, I think you touched on something really important that we should perhaps unpack a little bit further. There are so many parents who see that their children are struggling with a return to, to meaningful in-class socialization as well as learning. Um, and that there are some kids who are for the first time being um, put into a classroom environment for whatever reason. And, and the stress that then hits the teacher trying to 
to manage the needs of the students within. Um, how do you how do you suggest that a conversation is had if somebody if a parent listening right now is feeling that way or teachers who are struggling with that to communicate within the system with one another to address some of these things that are rather unprecedented in terms of what we've had to deal with in the past? Well, I think uh, it's a good question. I think the route that we suggest is is the same one we always do, which is go in and have a have a conversation with your child's teacher first. Um, I think what I would add to that, given our conversation right now in the context we're talking about is is uh, is be sympathetic to what everyone is going through, you as a parent, your child as a student, but also the individual you're going to talk to as a as a teacher, as a caring professional. Um, and approach it with a problem-solving uh, look, uh, but also hopefully what this study will make you understand as well, each parent out there is really believe what your teacher is telling you. If they're telling you that there are reasons um, and you know that they need some support in, in advocating for your child and they, they need some support in advocating for more supports, um, really believe that because these are people who, as you can tell from this, this report, are, are having some significant struggles with them of their own. Um, because they're also parents, by the way, you know, it's bears in mind, they might yeah. be having the same situation with their child who was out of school and is going back. And, uh, so I think it's the same conversation that always go to the, go to the teacher, have a good positive conversation about how you can work together uh, and do some advocacy together if necessary to get the supports that your child needs. I think that's so key is, is, is the empathy piece on both fronts. See yourself and the other in yep. the conversation. One more thing I want to touch on before I let you go. Um, 45% of teachers reported good or very good physical mental health. You're thinking, okay, well, 45% good or very good. That's, that's okay. 37% yep. reported good or very good mental health. That, so they're, they're feeling okay in, in, in almost a half, but there's that feeling of roughly 40% of teachers reporting that their physical or mental health was actually worse than last year. Mm -hmm. And so many of us would just assume yep. that last year was way worse, but it's, that doesn't, appear to be the case here no and i think it's because of uh some of the things we've touched on and i i agree by the way you hear the 45 percent. that's a good that's a high number but if you look at it from my from another perspective you think well that means half over half of the, yeah. the teachers across bc aren't feeling good they might be yeah. in the middle of the road but do you really want you know do you really want workers working with your uh, children, teachers working with your children to be okay or not okay? Over half of them, I don't think so. Um, but I think last year was very hard. Um, and I think when you're in a system that we have a shortage of staff, uh, you know, we've said for a long time is under-resourced in a lot of key areas that, uh, that students' needs are drawing on even more heavily now. Those are specialist individuals who support students through some difficult patches or ongoing patches. Um, when that is under-resourced, you're, you're not going to recover year on year. You're not going to get better year on year. You're going to have more of those misses, more of those difficulties, and they're going to compile. So it doesn't surprise me that we're seeing that happen, um, and it should express some urgency to those decision makers who have the ability to, to help address this. How do we get the recruitment happening? Are we going to be pulling teachers from elsewhere in the country? Are we, are we educating and bringing along more uh, young teachers that, that are coming up into the system because it's, it feels like uh, the burnout factor is going to play into people going, you know what, I think it might be time that I retire. I'm a, you know, how many teachers do we need and how do we get there? 
Well, that's a really good question. I know that that thing you just talked about, burnout. Um, during COVID, when we surveyed our members, there was a very high number of them uh, who said they were considering leaving within the next year due to that. Um, and yeah. that number hopefully is coming down as things maybe improve slightly, but as we can see, not in every case. It's a really complicated problem. Normally, I, you know, we would say, yeah, we'll probably try to entice more teachers from out in Ontario or across Canada, maybe even international. But the reality is, you know, I'm out in Newfoundland right now with, with every president of every teacher union across the country, uh, and our problems are all the same. There's shortages everywhere. So that, you know, yeah. we can't really go to that well. They've got a shortage too. We need to produce more teachers. We need to make more spaces for them. We need to make teacher education more accessible in more parts of our province rather than having it, most everyone have to come down to the metro area to get their education. But I think the biggest one is we have to, uh, we have to establish teaching as both a respected uh, and a viable career because that's what it is. 30, 35 years of a caring profession, of putting your heart and soul into a profession, demands a lot. So you have to make sure that those individuals are well enough supported. They can do it for 30 or 35 years and that they want to do it and see it as a viable option. So there's a lot to be done. Um, you know, a lot of it is is resources. You also got to make sure they can live somewhere. We can't even get into that. Yeah. There's no time, but uh, housing across the province, wherever you are, it's either expensive or non-existent or both, right? So there's a lot of pieces, um, but I think one of them is getting more drawn to the profession by making it more respected and more viable option. Yeah, it would be great if teachers didn't have to have a secondary income in order to survive in the jurisdiction that they're teaching in. As the daughter of a teacher, I can tell you, um, I see the work in it. So people that want to say, oh, teachers only work, you know, they get summers off. It's like, no, that's <laughs> not how it works at all. So um, I thank you for your time, yeah. Clint, and uh, look forward to hearing about uh, everything you learn uh, out there on the East Coast. Uh, have safe travels, and, and we'll see you when you get back. Thanks very much for having me, Jody. It's a pleasure to be here.